You're here with Radio Rahul, episode two of Heart in the Paint. We're joined here today by Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Scoop, what's up? Man, I'm blessed. How you doing? Living, man. All good. Seriously, man, I, I, I can't even tell you about how blessed I am. 2018 is for the people that have stuck it out. and uh, Look, man, I mean, I've known you for, for, I don't know, a little while now. What, three years? Something like that, I think? Since 2016, when Since you were an intern at CBS. Yes, sir, when I was an intern. Man, that's crazy. That's a while. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It feels like a while right now. I'm sure when I look back on it in a few years, it won't feel like anything, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for you, um, one of the things that I, you know, um, respected about you during your time there was your, to, to steal a phrase from Lloyd Banks, uh, you had a hunger for more. And uh, I remember distinctly uh, during the Brown and Scoop era, uh, you actually get a chance to kind of write some stories, uh, mainly about the O.J. Simpson case. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Ethel uh, Bailey and Alan Dershowitz on, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you got your byline quick, fast, and early. Uh, I right. wish I could do that as a college intern, but you doing your thing, man. Congrats on all your success. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you always, always. So for those who don't know, Scoop right now is a senior writer at Basketball Society. He has a Scoop B you know, radio podcast show. Scoop, you've been in the game for 20 years. You've profiled every single person under the table you've been at cbs you've been with the sorts you've been with you know respect magazine and and the list goes on man so i mean anytime that we can get you onto the show you know that you're more than welcome yes sir so you've been watching the playoffs stevie wonder was watching (laughs) (laughs) tell me let's, let's just start off observations what's what's going on who's impressed you who's your early playoff MVP? Um, I mean, it's kind of, in my opinion, who's been the regular season MVP. I think it's a combination of, of James Harden and LeBron James. Um, I think that those two guys have led their respective teams um, in the charge. And, um, you know, at times it's taken over as the coach on the floor, the extension of the coach uh, on the floor. And, um, you know, I think these guys are special guys. Um, and, I, and I also think um, – Ben Simmons uh, has, has been very impressive uh, on a grand stage as a rookie, uh, or as I like to call it, a redshirt rookie. Um, you know, averaging triple doubles um, and just really um, stepping it up for them. And then and, and an honorable mention, uh, honestly, would be the combination of Jimmy Butler and Derrick Rose. Those guys have had their their uh, West Coast Bulls under Tibbs. Uh, you know, playing well. I think Rose had 20, uh, 17 points uh, over the weekend and uh, you know, winning, leading that charge uh, for the Minnesota win. And I, I definitely um, like the playoff basketball. It really makes me feel like March Madness part two because it's not just these lower seeds being timid to these higher seeds. thing is, I feel like whenever we look at the playoffs, especially, I mean, you can draw it out to the East because, I mean, look at the way that, you know, the Pacers have been playing. They're, they're playing all heart. But, but I think, you know, especially when you look at the West, and you talk about lower season and higher seas, I don't think it really makes a difference anymore. I mean, the, the Blazers and, and the Pelicans were separated by one game, right? So mm-hmm. in the regular season. So so it's not even about lower season and higher seas. I think it's more about the perception of this team versus that team when it really doesn't make a difference. This is when players come to play, right? So, I mean, it's the playoffs. Anything can happen. And, you know, it, it, it's all about desire when you get to this point, right? Sure. So with that being said, I, I guess uh, the New Orleans Pelicans are the UMBC of uh, the NBA right now. <laughs> I mean, it sure looks like <laughs> it. I mean, a sweep in the first round, dominating sweep at that. I mean, talk about it a little bit. What happened there? What what What's making them so special right now? Um, I think that um, the Pelicans have a chip on their shoulder similarly to how the Boston Celtics do. Um, the Pelicans have lost Boogie Cousins during the season. Everybody counted them out because of the emergence of Damian Lillard in the second half of the season and how well C.J. McCollum's playing and you know Jokic and all those other guys. And 
you know, I think this is the first time that Rondo um, really has been healthy in a while. You know, you go back past Sacramento, past Dallas, you know, he tore his ACL, what, 2012, 2013? Mm-hmm. That's no joke. That's a hard way to, you know, to recover and, and, and get back. So, you know, Rondo has everything to prove. And, and, and I said this in conversation over the weekend to somebody. I said, um, dinner conversation, I said, you know, Rondo is Jason, a brown skin version of Jason Kidd with bigger hands, with, with less of a free throw percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just that. It's, it's, it's the combination of, Rondo and, and, and Anthony Davis, you know, and, and, and Holiday. And, you know, those guys have something to prove. Um, and, and I think now certain teams are going to be watching. Um, and, and it's going to be interesting to see. I think the other thing is, you know, the Pelicans, you know, for, for a few years, losing in the first round. I think it was the Spurs and it was the, the, the Warriors. The Warriors. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think they have something to prove um, to the NBA at large. And without Boogie Cousins, this was supposed to mm-hmm. be a year. Mm-hmm. And um, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, um, and I just think that the, that the Blazers had no match for. I mean, Zach Collins couldn't guard Anthony Davis. That, right. that wasn't going to happen. Right, Nurkic couldn't keep up with them. I mean, I think that the thing that that I found most interesting when when really dissecting this New Orleans team is that all year long for the second half of the season, ever since Boogie went out, the first thing that they've always said when they ask, how are you doing this, is everybody counted us out. So I think you're absolutely right that they're playing with this chip on their shoulder. And it's amazing to see because, you know what, you look at that roster and there isn't that much that that goes, you know, there it, it isn't that deep, right? It's not. I mean, a lot of these guys, you know, I don't want to name any names, but a lot of those players on there might not be getting heavy minutes um, you know, for other teams the way that they are with the Pels. And, you know, and I think that, that a big part of it is when a team really is just starts clicking and they, you know, find out how to play together. And then they, they find, you know, this special place that they're playing for something bigger with, you know, their owner, Tom Benson, having passed away mm-hmm. as well. You know, I mean, they're playing for something bigger. This is, this is a city that they're playing for. And whether that can, you know, ride into the second round, that momentum, I don't know. But the fact that they're playing for something bigger in itself and they, they are playing with a chip on their shoulder and nobody thought that they could do it. No, people didn't even think that they'd be able to, you know, hit the playoffs once Boogie went out, right? And now now I did. Them. You did. I did too, personally. I, I, but I also think <clears throat> there were some things in the seedings that, that predicated that. Mm. Um, you, you had a San Antonio Spurs team um, who played beneath their privilege for you know Kawhi reasons, um, mm. and um, you had a, I guess a, a, a Minnesota Timberwolves team that slid up and down uh, seedings throughout the course of the season, um, and I just think um, the, the margin for error was just so minimal, so small. Right. Um, it wasn't like the Pels snuck in. I also think that when you look at the standings um, from last year versus this year, um, one of the one of the teams or one of the teams that's not in the, wasn't in the playoffs this season is the Grizzlies. Mm. So you got a couple spots um, to, to to move up um, and and one to eight, you know, and also you know the Jazz obviously were surprising this season. Um, I thought they'd be at least an eighth or a ninth seed, uh, but they they exceeded those expectations as a as a fifth seed. So. Yeah, I think for um, for that particular team, the Pelicans, it's a lot of young teams in the Western Conference that are playing like vets. You know, Donovan Mitchell reminds me so much of a young Dwayne Wade in his rookie mm-hmm. year uh, playing against the, the Hornets. I'm so glad that you said that. <laughs> what you say? I said, I'm so glad that you said that. That's that's literally the draw that's been in my head since midseason now is a young Dwayne Wade. Just you know, like that that f- two thousand like five, right before he burst Dwayne Wade. No, no, I'm talking about two thousand five because yeah. two thousand six was a championship year. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, but look at look at look at the, the program he came out of in Louisville. I mean, that's no mm-hmm. chump school. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 he's got heart. I mean, he's not new to this whole you know 
sports world, you know, his dad being, you know, working for the Mets and, you know, he's, he's not new to this, he's true to this, but I think bigger than that, I think it's coaching Quinn Snyder. Mm. Um, coach. And then I also think um, that the trade with the Cavs helped him. Yeah. <clears throat> immensely. Um, I think that that team um, truly um, has a mix of young and old. I mean, Dante Exxon was supposed to be the point guard of the future for that team and it's rookie Rubio. Um, but right. J- Jake Rowder is, is a vet on that team that's, right. you know, that's been beneficial. And also the defensive prowess of Rudy Gobert. Um, and I think that, um, you know, they're, they're going to continue to grow. And I think, right. you know, they, they've exceeded expectations in, in, in year one. And, you know, the, the, it's going to continue. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Utah Jazz have always been a great defensive team. The last, you know, however many years, whether it was with Rodney Hood and Gordon Hayward there or you know, now getting in, uh, you know, guys like Jay Crowder and, you know, Rudy Gobert is obviously a stud defensively. I mean, I think that he should have won, you know, defensive player last year. But, mm-hmm, for but sure. yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm drawn on, on what to think of them moving forward because right now we're seeing them play really well against the Thunder, right? But my question yeah. is, is it more them or is it the Thunder? Because I, I personally do not think the Thunder are that great. Um, I think the Thunder uh, are an are, uh, important case study in redemption. Hmm. Um, I think that defensively, um, other than Stephen Adams, you question some things. Um, but I think that the thing about the Thunder is you can never bet against Russell Westbrook right. um, as an all-around playmaker and a, and a big shot taker. But I also think um, Paul George is, is was at one point um, <clears throat> the second behind LeBron to take over the league before that freak leg injury in the, in the Olympic qualifying game. Um, I, I think that Paul George is in the contract year, has something to prove. Um, I think Carmelo has already proved to Knicks fans that he can do bigger and better. He, you know, he's got the better of his ex. Um, but I also think um, that the Utah Jazz, like the Pelicans, kind of sn- have been sneaking up um, and creeping up on that team. And, um, you know, I think that their youth, because they're younger than the Thunder, I think their youth is, is propelling them um, to, to, to be playing, you know, brilliant basketball. I also just think that the, that the Utah Jazz, they're young, they pass the ball, they're having fun on the court. That that, that right. excitement mirrors the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference. And right. it starts with the point guard play and, um, you know, the, the two guard that is Donovan Mitchell. I don't think there's really anybody on that, that Thunder team that can check Donovan Mitchell. Which is crazy to say because right now you're talking about a guy who literally, what, I mean, less than a year ago, last June, went what, 13? I think it was 13th overall. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, and thing is, I was, I mean, I remember that all. Um, I'm an NBA draft guy. I love the draft, right? And so I remember mm-hmm. all that, the workouts heading in. There was no guy who benefited himself more than Donovan Mitchell when you went into the combine. You know, before the combine, Donovan Mitchell was kind of going 25 you know, 20 to 25, and then the combine comes, and then they start talking about, you know, a potential lottery pick, and then the workouts come, and then he's solidified in the lottery, but, you know, is it Kennard, or is it going to be Donovan Mitchell, or, you know, and obviously a lot of jokes go out to the Pistons because they they always seem to be one right before the, you know, the the star, but, um, you know, where the star gets picked, but... But, I mean, that's just so incredible. Let, let's talk a little bit about the rookies. You know, Donovan, then Ben Simmons is obviously, you know, you called him a redshirt rookie, but my book, in my book, he's a rookie without any sort of asterisks because, you know, I understand the argument. We had Drew Holiday on the show last episode, and he was actually talking about the fact that, you know, <clears throat> Donovan Mitchell, uh, you know, I mean, sorry, uh, Ben Simmons had a year of of not focusing on school and just going to be in NBA weight rooms and this and that. Yeah, I get that. Um, I personally think that, you know, he should be a rookie. By by the way that it's set up right now, he's a rookie. He's a rookie of the year. You know, and then obviously we saw Jason Tatum and, and you know, obviously Jalen has taken a step up in a very quick amount of time. But Jason Tatum is doing all this and – I mean, it's it's unbelievable just how these guys all look like vets. Like, I mean, 
what do their futures look like and, and how have they impressed you and uh, you know thus far? I think they I think Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons are an unplanned Carmelo Anthony and LeBron back in 0304. Wow. Um because I don't think people were checking for Donovan and and um I mean, people were checking for Ben Simmons, but I mean, I, I mean, I remember talking to Charles Barkley two years ago and him telling me, you know, he, he didn't think Ben Simmons should have went to the draft because he didn't even take his team to the tournament. Mm. You know, so I think people knew he was good. I don't think people knew how good he was. Right. And I think that um, as it relates to, um, <laughs> as, it, as it relates to, to, to um, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, you know, LeBron obviously and Melo, they went, uh, you know, top top three, top five uh, in the draft. I think when you look at um, what Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons have been bringing to the table, I don't think it's come easy. I mean, when you look at the Utah Jazz, nobody was expecting them to be as high as seed as they are. Uh, you know, I went on record and said that the Philadelphia uh, 76ers would be at least a seventh and eighth seed. Um, and boy, was I wrong. Uh, they ended up being a fourth seed, finishing at 50 32. Uh, on the season, but I think that um, those two guys are special, and I think that you know, obviously, you know, you're looking at Dwayne Wade, and I think everybody, you know, uh, people Disney didn't. I'm going to make up a word. They Disney eyes the notion that Wade can carry, you know, the Heat to you know the promised land uh, because they see him as old Wade, uh, and I mm-hmm. think he's done pretty well considering. I think one game he had 27 points, but I mean, pretty soon in the next two to five years. It's going to be a brand new young league. Guys that are born mm-hmm. in the '90s are going to be, you know, in their primes, mm-hmm. and it's it's it seems like guys are taking over now. Um, Twenty five point seven points and nine rebounds in, in, the, in the playoffs. Uh, you know, Donovan is averaging. I think that Donovan disguised the limit in year one because I don't think anybody was expecting him to play as well as he did. Simmons, you kind of expected it, um, and Bead was kind of a question mark. Uh, but the pick and pop of those two guys, I, I think. Right. Uh, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are everything that LeBron James and Carlos Boozer were supposed to be. <laughs> man, LeBron James and Carlos Boozer. All right, so I'm sorry. Go on. That's that's a throwback, <laughs> man. You caught me off guard with that. <laughs> Listen, man, that pick and pop that Boozer was right. in Utah, that so should have been LeBron and, 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 and Boozer, but, you know, they were figuring out the game and how to play, right. you know, play with each other. Right. You know, but, I mean... Embiid and, and and I didn't know what what Sam Hinkie saw, you know, in 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 um Embiid then. Uh, we see it now, you know. I thought Joel, uh, Jalil Okafor, excuse me, Jalil Okafor was supposed to be in that in that position um, that Embiid is in. But I also think you know Jalil Okafor is, is is damaged goods because of his confidence, right. Well, I think that you know. when you look at a guy like Jalil, it's there are a couple of different factors. You know what I mean? Like, I think that obviously now, as a result of everything, the confidence is taking a hit. So who knows if he'll ever be able to turn back into that? You know, I hope that he does. I desperately do because I, I would never wish against you know anybody on that. But and he, you know he worked his whole life to get here. But on the other hand, he is playing you know, a style of game that, that is outdated. You know, I mean, 10, 12 years ago, this guy would have been perfect coming into a league and into a league where Al Jefferson was, you know, putting up 20 plus a game, right? Now, you know, where, where post game might not be as, you know, I mean, back then, Dwight was still able to score 22 plus a game without having much of a post game, if any. You know what well, I mean? I, I think the Dwight Howard comparison... I'm a, I'm a little, I'm on the fence. I maybe disagree with you a little bit mm-hmm. because I think that Dwight Howard was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as athleticism, um, I think he was ahead of his time with athleticism, and I think that today's um, NBA big man, um, they all play like Dwight Howard. Right. If you look at that Orlando Magic team, they were pretty much when 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 Dan Van Gundy was coaching that team, they were pretty much. A three-guard lineup. You, mm-hmm. So you had, like, Jameer Nelson, Vince Carter, um, Hedu Turkoglu, who's mm-hmm. a spot-up shooter, um, and then maybe, like, a Glenn Big Baby Davis. 
he was in a, a, a guard, but you had all four all four guys were shooters. And Dwight Howard, one thing about Dwight Howard, he's always been a great passer. Um, and I think that um, he was able to kick out that double team and was proficient on all angles. That's why Vince Carter got off so much uh, in, in, in Orlando. But I also think, and I've said this often, um, I, I know drug dealers with better post uh, presence than <laughs> Dwight Howard. Right. Um, and I don't think Dwight Howard necessarily had to be, you know, a, a post guy in order to succeed because that offense was built around him um, inside out. And I feel like, you know, the relationship that he and, and Sam Van Van Gundy had, you know, deteriorated and then they parted ways. But, you know, that offense is what got them to the NBA Finals in um, 2010. Right. And I also think um, that for somebody like Dwight Howard, like you look at guys like, like I use his name, Dwight Howard was a more polished Jamal Swift. Mm. Jamal Swift was athletic. He could dunk. He could block shots. He could get to the basket. The only thing that Dwight Howard, and, and you saw Dwight Howard this season in Charlotte, put mm-hmm. up numbers. He was putting up had, 20 or 30 points a, a game. Great bounce back here, yep. Yeah, but he was also hurt. You know, he mm-hmm. was coming back from back injury when he played with the Lakers, when he played with Houston. I think he is a, a special talent that has to be in a certain system. And that's mm-hmm. why you saw him kind of be a, a, a on recluse in L.A. You playing under Kobe, he was very demanding. Um, you playing with James Harden. But to be honest with you, person, personality-wise, quietly James Harden ain't that much different than Kobe. Um, and they clashed. You know, they were quiet about it, but they clashed. And then you're, you're coached by Kevin McHale, who was a big man. So he's going to be frustrated that, you know, Dwight is silly or Dwight is not playing postgame because um, McHale is an old school guy playing with, right. you know, Portland, or excuse me, playing with um, the Boston Celtics. So, you know, it, it, I think Dwight Howard is having a resurgence, had a resurgence year, but I think he was ahead of his time because the way that he was playing 10, 15, 10 years ago, that's how big men are playing. Look at Carl Anthony Towns. Dwight Howard's even extended his, his, his shooting game. Right. The same way Brooke Lopez did. Brooke right. Lopez is shooting 15, 16, 17 footers. I mean, even Blake. Blake's the, Blake Griffin is the biggest, you know, transformation I've seen in, in a long time for one person's game from one year to the next. One year he comes in, I he can't injuries. shoot, he can't make free throws, none of that. The next year he comes in and, you know, he's he's running the offense and he can shoot threes, you know, step back threes. I think that Detroit offense, who runs it? Stan Van Gundy. You see the comparison? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good but, call on that. Good call. But what I'll add is this. Um, Blake is getting older, and his knees are getting older. And, and I've, I've made this comparison in the past. And in the next couple of years, he's going to be the modern-day Antonio McDice. He had to develop a, a shooting a, 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 a array of shooting moves and counters. Because he can't charge at the ref like that anymore. Right. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, let me ask you this question, all right? Right now, obviously, we have a perimeter-oriented league. But, you know, big men have really been stepping up. AD, Cat. Well, Cat didn't start off so hot, but, you know, you get the feeling that he's he's about ready to turn it, you know, turn around. He obviously had that big game three and, you know, so, and, um, you know, I mean, even obviously Gobert and Capella, you know, I mean, AD can step out, Cat can step out, but these guys are really doing a lot of their damage around the basket. It's, so, you know, in a perimeter-oriented league, what what's keeping these guys, you know, attacking the basket? Because I think that you don't have many guys that can mix it up. Um you know, I think once I had a, a video, and I do those drops every Sunday on um, right. on Instagram, you know, when someone says, you're listening to Scoopy Radio. And I had a drop with, with Carl saying that, but then before that, it was, a, it was a, a highlight of him guarding Chris Paul at the three-point line. And his footwork was impeccable. Um, I think that the Euro game um, mixed with the early 2000s of everybody wanting to be a point guard has genetically mutated what a ball player is at large. Right. Um, and you know, you know, you, you got guys like Carl Towns who probably grew up liking Darius miles. Right. <laughs> or, right. you know, early Tyson Chandler who, you know, if you play early NBA 2k, <laughs> um, he was listed as, as a small forward for the Chicago bulls, the baby bulls. Wow. 
who ended up being a defender, you know, and, yeah. and winning an, uh, an NBA championship with the with the, with the um, Dallas Mavericks and then getting a big contract with the Knicks. Um, but I, I think to answer your question, I think today's big man is just evolved. You know, Chris right. Webber and that, that Pete Carrill Princeton offense uh, in 2002 with the Sacramento Kings, you know, and Vladdy Divac being a big man that can pass in the, in the post. And, 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 you know, even a Tom Tolbert, you know, playing point guard in the Warren TMC era in the early 90s. I think, you know, the, the big man is just evolved. I mean, you look at the, the, the just the evolution of what the small forward is. I mean, to, to be a small forward in the NBA today, you got to be between 6'8 and 6'10. Right. I remember when being a small forward, you could be 6'4, 6'5. Right. Could McGill led the NBA at one point in, in, in steals and was a start small forward for the, the New Jersey Nets. So I think over time, you know, just the, the evolution of the big man, you know, right. Anton Walker shooting threes, you know, under right. Jim O'Brien's offense. And just the, the, the evolution of the small forward, power forward, and the center position just have evolved. Right. I think somebody like Al Harrington would flourish in today's NBA. Right. Just because he's that outlier to the mold, right? Yeah, for sure. Just like I think somebody like Jonathan Bender, he had knee injuries. He was ahead of the curve. You know, played under Donnie Walsh in Indiana. You know, and then when Donnie Walsh came to the Knicks, he wanted him back. But you know, in knee injuries, he succumbed to those. And you know, I think when you just look at today's you know perimeter guy or rather big man, you know, it's kind of like New York City AAU. When you look at positions, you have like wing forward, wing guard. Uh, you know, I just think you know there are so many guys that can do so many things. Point guards are scorers. Could you imagine a young Allen Iverson playing in uh, today's NBA? He'd be right. Russell Westbrook in OKC. Right. Right. And you know, I just think you know Kevin Garnett would flourish in today's NBA. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's you know the NBA is just is just headed for for a new. I don't know, man. It's it's a new era. You know what I mean? You look at all these young guys who are coming out every single year. They seem to be more and more ready, and they seem to be more and more versatile. I think it, I think it makes for such a great game and such a great future because by the time these guys are 21, 22, they're full-on superstars, right? So, sure. This is your holiday. I'm here with my man, Radio Raul, and we're on Hard in the Paint. I don't know, man. I'm excited. All right, I gotta, I gotta ask you, what's the weirdest storyline of this season? We have, you know, the Kawhi saga, uh, Markel Fultz's shot, or the breakdown of the Cavs in midseason, obviously. Um, I guess it would be a tie between um, the Cavs' breakdown and. Mm. To be Mark Fultz's shot is not really a big deal to be the man was hurt. He's back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's he's about his coin. You know, I think he realizes his worth. Mm-hmm. And I think particularly with the what's going on personally with Greg Popovich um, and what happened with Lamarcus Aldridge last year and him coming back resurged and he and Pop getting along. Right. I just think that I think that Kawhi Leonard is kind of. Um, he knows he's on his way out, you know, and I think that he's preserving himself for the next chapter, you know, and I just hope that he, um, he produces, you know, albeit Boston or the New York Knicks or wherever he decides to go. I've been itching to talk about this on the air somewhere. Um, I think that the way that, that I see is that look at the way that, that, you know, when, uh, players in college football have a bowl game, but they know that they're going to be a first round pick. And so I look at it the exact same way is that, look, he knows that he's damaged goods for San Antonio, but he's golden for L.A. or New York or Boston or wherever, you know, whoever wants him. Right. He's golden. And so I think that he's looking at it from that perspective of, look, Jordan didn't pay me this money. Right. I'm worth more than what they want to give me. I know that I can be, you know, that guy wherever I go. I know that I have the play to back up the attitude and the confidence and this and that. So sure, I think that maybe there might be something of a confidence issue as far as coming back because he was injured. That injury was serious, but he has been cleared by the team doctors. He hasn't been cleared by his own personal doctors. And who do you think they're taking orders from, right? And so, I mean... The the player and, and his personal doctor. Absolutely. And so the way that I see it is is... 
he's yeah, like you said, he's he's preserving himself for for the next opportunity. But it's just so out of the blue to me. I, I mean, it's got to be my weird, you know, weirdest, weird, weird isn't a right word, but you know, it's got to be the most unexpected storyline of the NBA season because. I mean, it's Kawhi. Didn't Kawhi just seem to fit in with the Spurs mold? I mean, you came up under Tim, Tim Duncan and Tony and Manu and Pop, and he was a quiet guy. And, you know, LaMarcus was kind of, when LaMarcus came over, LaMarcus was actually kind of vocal. You know, he came in expecting to kind of be able to handle the, uh, you know, being the vocal guy and, and, and being louder. And in Portland, that's what he was. He was a budding superstar for, and he turned into a full on superstar out there. And, you know, I mean, I just, I just think it's so unexpected. Do you, do you, you know, have any, any thoughts on kind of how his mentality has changed over the years or seemingly? Marcus or, or Kawhi? No, 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 Kawhi. Um, I think Kawhi, is believing his press clippings and what his agent is telling him. And, you know, for years, people have said he's the best two-way player in the NBA. Um, and I think when you're, when you're mentioned in the same breath as, you know, LeBron, uh, Paul George, uh, James Harden, you've won an NBA Finals MVP. You've been a multiple all-star. Um, you've played under Greg Popovich, and you, some he may feel he outsmarted Greg Popovich. It's like, well, what else is there to prove? You know, right. I'm trying to get the money now. Right. And I think what you're seeing in San Antonio is kind of a, a I feel like, I don't know if this is blasphemous to say in San Antonio, but I, I feel as though LaMarcus Aldridge is, is kind of taking on that mantle um, that was left from, or embracing it, the mantle that was left from, um, Tim Duncan. Oh. Mm. You know? He that. wasn't drafted by the Spurs. He's not an original Spur. Just like A-Rod wasn't an original Yankee. Um, and, you know, Jeter will always be Jeter. You know, Tony right. Parker will always be Tony Parker. You know, Tim Duncan and Dave Robinson will always be those guys. But, you know, I think that th- that Spurs organization always, like the New England Patriots, always find a way to win. Right. Um, I think they're just having a down year, a down couple of years. And, um, you know, I, I think for for Kawhi Leonard, the fact that he's not saying much, but mm-hmm. other guys are talking, like Jalen Rose, Paul Pierce, and you know they know, and even Dwayne Wade, they know what's going on. That means that he's talking to the right people, telling them the right thing, and they're being they're, they're speaking for him, right? Because that goes out of uncharacteristically um, out of the realm of what Kawhi is used to being. And I think that Kawhi is, is is simply looking out for his brand and his best interests and looking for greener pastures. And he knows that this summer will determine a lot uh, in the future, just like, you know, where LeBron is going will determine a lot in, in the landscape of the NBA. Where is LeBron going? By the way, um, let me let me let me just start out by saying I just saw a notification that um, now him and uh, and LeBron uh, I mean, sorry, him and Ben Simmons both have the same agent now. That something must have changed. Um, that they're that, not represented, or they are. No, no, they are. Were they? Were they before? Is that? Is that my? Yeah, guy? they were under. They were under clutch. They always were under clutch. No, I know, but the same agent. Were they? Were they always under the same agent? I'm not sure if the same agent, but I know. Okay, they but they're the both clutch. Agent. But yeah, so where where is LeBron headed? Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. That's what I think, too. I mean, I think it's inevitable, right? Because you look the way that they're playing. If, you know, I mean, it just seems like LeBron's doing all that he can. You really think he wants to bust his hump for another, you know, three, four years, just doing the same old, same old, same old thing, you know, having play Superman. I don't think he wants to go out west. I don't think he wants to see the monster out there. It's nothing against LeBron, but if you're LeBron, I don't think you want to see that Golden State monster you know, four times a year and in the playoffs in the first round or the second round. And then, you know, I mean, you have this Philly team. He seems to be pretty close with, with Ben Simmons and, you know, uh, the obvious factors aside of, of, you know, agents and this and that, you know, it, it just seems like a match. It does. Uh, and I think that, you know, when you look at a LeBron James team, um, 
they last for about two to three years before, um, you know, it right. gets old and tired. And right. I look at Joel Embiid, and I just watched him over the weekend on TV. Yeah, he plays like a Chris Bosh or Kevin Love. He falls in love with that jumper. He's a big man that needs to get in the post. Um, and I think that, you know, you look at Ben Simmons, it's a young Kyrie. Mm. Um, he's not a Wade because, you know, Wade is older. But I think that also any LeBron James team um, has a glut of shooters. You have that in Robert, Robert Covington. You have that in Marco Bellinelli. Uh, you had that in Ilyasan. Ilyasan. Let me start from the beginning. Ersan Ilyasova, right. um, and, and you have that in um, Dario Saric, uh, who can get to the back to basket on his own too. So, you no, know, I, I think you know a TJ McConnell is is a is what he's a modern day um, Matthew Dellavedova. Hmm. That mirrors that cast team a lot. The only difference is, um, I think that Ben Simmons is more a more is more of a magic than LeBron is. I think LeBron is a, is a hybrid guy. I don't think right. he's just magic. I think he's Penny. I think he's T-Mac. I think he's Jordan. I think he's Charles Barkley. I think he has a lot of different mm-hmm. He's Hakeem, footwork like Hakeem. So right. I think he sits on that team, but I think it's, it's not a full-blown conclusion that those guys are just going to go to the finals. But, you know, I wrote a piece in um, with the Basketball Society today uh, where – you know, uh, the Sixers CEO Scott O'Neill said, "You know, the he, he they're building they're building um, a a championship contender for the city of Philadelphia. And what better time to come to Philly um, than now? If, you know, Villanova, who plays their their mainline team, which is the Philly suburbs, but they play all their home games at Wells Fargo Arena, and the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, winning a Super Bowl. This is the perfect time. And it's crazy because." LeBron has done it his own way. He plays for a Miami Heat team. Uh, he plays for a Cavs team. And if he plays for a Sixers team, that, that'll probably be one of the most historic NBA teams he's played for, mm-hmm. where you, you put your name amongst the greats like, you know, Dr. J, mm-hmm. uh, Will Chamberlain, Allen Iverson, and, and will be free. So I think, you know, Sixers are an attractive fit, but uh, I, I wouldn't sleep on the Houston Rockets as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he goes out west, that's uh, that's – I mean, he's not – I'm a Laker fan, but it's not happening. You know what I mean? It's it would be Houston over us, in my opinion, personal opinion. It's it's not that it's impossible. It's really not. But if I had to, you know, go with my gut, if you went west, it would be Houston, not us. Yeah, I, I like that Lakers team. I think that that Lakers team is is about two years off from being very good. Right. Um, and I've always said, what'd you say? No, no, I said right. I I, I don't want to break up this team. I think, but I also think that's a lot of pressure for LeBron to play in LA. He doesn't like those heavy markets. He wants to bring Madison Avenue to him. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I look at that team, you know, I think, you know, Julius Randle has been, you know, rumored to be Sorry, traded man. for a long time. And, you know, I, I think he's very talented, uh, very mm-hmm. underrated. Um, and I think if you allow him, he and, and he and Lonzo Ball are growing, you know, they retain Brooke Lopez. Uh, I think they can be a problem for some time. You got to let guys grow sometimes. Right. And, um, but I, you know, I think also, I think while LeBron is the sexy pick for Philadelphia, um, I think he's a now, uh, a two, three year rental. But I think Paul George mm-hmm. is a guy that would like retire a six and would fit their future plans. Um, because I think that he, he fits them better long term, right. but short term, LeBron does. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Completely agree with you. But if you're the Sixers, who do you go with? If you let's say in a perfect world you have the opportunity to choose, if I had the chance to choose between Paul George and LeBron, who would I pick? Yep. Um, I follow LeBron's career since high school. We're around the same age, and um, you know I, I like LeBron, um, but I think LeBron does certain things for a team um, that Paul George doesn't necessarily do, um, and I think it's experience, it's championship pedigree. It's leadership, um, and it's also just um, the short-term plan to get, you know, to continue that Philadelphia narrative. Um, I think I think LeBron helps the Sixers instantaneously in a way that, you know, Paul George. I think they'll be fun to watch for about one or two years. Right. I think LeBron has proven he can carry a team on his back by himself, and you add mm-hmm. him to a Philadelphia team, and he can get top dollar. 
Um, I think, um, I think he's, I think, I think this is the, the, the best move to make, but who knows? Right. Who knows? So let's just, just give it to me straight. Who's winning this, this, uh, playoffs? <clears throat> well, tell well, me the finals first. <laughs> Um, you can find it on my Instagram page. I posted it, scoop underscore B. Uh, I posted my bracket. Uh, I had uh, in the NBA Finals uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Hmm. Okay, see. Yes. Explain that one to me. Say that again. You cut in and out. Oh, my bad. I said explain that one to me. I'm, I'm not even sure that they're going to make it out the first round. Well, it's not looking good this this right now with Donovan Mitchell and the OKC Thunder, but uh, losing, you know, down two one at the point of this uh, broadcast. Um, right. But I think that uh, the thing that um, I has the reason why I had the OKC Thunder um, going is because I like the storyline. Uh, I looked at and I think Golden State, um, you know, is a team that's hurt, but they have experience together. Um, you look at a, a Spurs team; they have experience together. The Thunder didn't have experience together, uh, but individually, you know, they they've they've done damage. I think a lot of times people pay attention to a Rockets team um, who did well in the regular season, and you know, at the time of this broadcast, you know, they're up to one. But right. um, I, I think that they can be beat, just like I think OKC OKC could be beaten. What you're seeing in the playoffs right now, as a Pelicans team, um, that is a young team that could. Uh, I think youth-wise uh, be the Warriors team. But on the OKC uh, cylinder, I think the reason why I picked them is because I think that they have some redemptive stories. Um, Russell Westbrook comes to play hard every game, um, hasn't been able to seal the deal. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, out of all those guys in the 2003 draft, uh, has, been, has been unable to uh, get his coveted championship. Uh, and Paul George has a lot to prove. Being injured in the past, the trade for Victor Oladipo to the OKC Thunder. He's, um, he's had a great season. I think he's another guy that's had a great individual playoff, not just Paul George and, and LeBron James. So, you know, the OKC Thunder uh, scoring at a premium, that, that's that's what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the Utah Jazz to be playing as well, but they have been. But, you know, the Jazz are still up to one, and it's a best-of-seven series, so we'll see what happens. And, you know, Cleveland – was a no-brainer to me. I think a lot of people are, are sick of seeing LeBron in the finals, and mm. uh, you know everybody wants to see a young Sixers team go because Philly is Philly is the flavor of the month right now, the championship right. city. But, right. Um, you know, I, I think that, or rather, I had in the conference finals a uh, a matchup between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Conference finals. Wow. No, no, no shortage of surprises with you, Scoop. <laughs> but hey, look at how well they played against Boston the other night. Right, you're right, but they're going against a Boston that that's at half strength. Yeah, that that's my argument I, for it. You know what I mean? I mean, look, I like I like Milwaukee, but I don't know I don't I don't know what it is, but they haven't put it together really the way they probably should. You know, I mean, maybe it's a coaching issue that. They, you know, Jason Kidd uh, did not pan out, and then and and since they, you know, then they haven't really found much footing. I don't I don't know because now they're actually at full strength, you know, with Jabari back and and you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I really like their individual players, and I mm-hmm. and, and Giannis is, is is truly a generational talent. But that's another guy we didn't talk a ton about. Yeah, we we haven't mentioned him, but but I mean that's that's because there's so many guys who are who are potential, you know, who are franchise players out there right now, you know, or potential franchise players, and Giannis is right there at the top, you know, with some with some of these other guys, you know, with the Anthony Davises of the world. But he, uh, I I don't know what it is. I'm, the Bucks just uh, like at what point. Cause look, they've been in it what three years now? Two is it two or mm-hmm. three? I don't know, but they they've been in the playoffs for a few years now, and they haven't really made much noise. So, you know, I mean, is that concerning? Um, no, because I think that when I looked at the Celtics and Bucks matchup, um, I don't think it was a traditional two seven matchup. Um, ideally, 
you know, if Kyrie was playing, uh, people would, a lot of folks would be a little bit more sure that that would be a Celtics win. I think that the Celtics have uh, benefited from uh, the play of Jalen Brown. Uh, and Absolutely. Also, and, and it's not just them, um, you know, they, they've had help. And I think that, um, but I think they've run, I think that playing and having something to prove um, without Kyrie right. has now maybe caught up with them. Because right. if you look at it since game one, they've had to play like that. They lost Gabe Gordon Hayward, you know, and then Kyrie being out. Uh, and that's my dude. You know, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm sad to see him, you know, down. But I think that that Milwaukee team, um, they needed to figure out what was up. I actually do think that that Jason Kidd firing uh, lit a fire under their butt. Um mm-hmm in January or February when he was let go, Joe Prunty um, has been talked about um, as the next, uh, you know, coaching candidate, kind of like Brendan Malone becoming right. that next coaching name uh, to come in and, and kind of lead the team to, to what they need to do. And I think that, um, I think that with Jabari coming back, I think with, you know, Simon Maker standing under the basket um, with, you know, Brandon, you know, uh, I, I just think all those guys, um, it's now or never because I think that if they don't make it past the first round, they're going to start breaking up that team. Yeah, I mean, Jabari's a restricted free agent, so that alone is is a very quick way to break up that team because John Henson, I think, is signed in for a couple more seasons and he's already, mm-hmm. you know, the starter. So, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you completely. They tried to go all in, seemingly tried to go all in with, you know, Middleton's a really... Middleton's been doing his thing. I can't, I can't knock Middleton. Sure. I can't knock... Giannis, they've been doing their thing. Eric Bledsoe, you know, oh, I don't know who, I don't know who Terry Rozier, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, like yes, you do. You know what I mean? He he outplayed yeah. you the first half, you know, the first half of the series. Like, like, I mean, you know, I just think that this all-in type of move that they're going for, if it doesn't come out this season, if it doesn't come out in success this season, and by success... I mean, winning this first round, and then when you look past to, you know, to the next round, to the second round, and, you know, they have to be at the very, very least very competitive in that second round because that second round they go and they play Philly or Miami, but, you know, Philly. And mm-hmm. so, so, I mean, they'd have to force it to six or seven, a close six or seven, I think, for them to avoid breaking up some of this group. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the things that I also like, and we didn't mention, I think is the the in-season addition of Brandon Jennings. I think he has something to play Mm -hmm. for after not leaving, you know, Milwaukee the right time the first time. Um, And I also like, I like the veteran leadership of Jason Terry, um, an NBA champion. Um, I, um, don't expect the Milwaukee Bucks to lose this series. Hmm. All right. I'm going to call you out on that when when it does happen, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you owe me dinner when you come to L.A. if that happens, all right? I mean, all if right. that doesn't we'll happen. go with that. All right. We'll go with that. All right. Let's make a bet on that. Scoop, always a pleasure, man. Shout out your uh, social your social handles. Oh, yeah. Um, make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at Scoop B. Instagram, Scoop underscore B, uh, Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Scoop B Radio podcast. Uh, we got 2 million downloads last year. 2 million? Yes. How do I get on that level, man? That, uh, <laughs> viral hits. <laughs> yeah, I got to get viral on that hits. level. That, listen, man, we all growing. We all have to start somewhere. Um, and, and I think, that you know, the biggest thing is just viral hits. Like, you know, the interview with Kenny Smith last year, we talked about Michael Jordan. Right. Uh, you know, the interview I did with Too Short, we talked about, you know, Jay-Z and LeBron and the blowing the blow the whistle song that was remade. You know, just, you know, the influence of or the infuse of sports, entertainment, lifestyle, politics. Uh and we're doing it on an independent independent level. Me and my team, we invested our money into the product and, you know, we're starting to bear fruit and, you know, we've got consistent sponsors now. So, you know, right. it's, it's been a project and, you know, Scooby Radio is, is the wave. Make sure you guys subscribe to it and check it out. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you, Scoop. It's a blessing. My brother, thank you for the opportunity. All right, man.
Every week we're going to be starting a new thing where we're talking about song of the week because every single baller wants to be a rapper and every single rapper seems to want to be a baller. So this week we're putting in my boy Ish, Ish Vital, um, and we're going to give some love to his latest song. So please go ahead, download, listen, subscribe, whatever you got to do to support my guy Ish. Song playing for you right now. Yo, this is Ish Vital. My new single, Success, is out now. And you're listening to Heart in the Paint with Radio Raul. Long time. We back. You know, I'm listening to most of it. For wanted, they can get it. If man make the money, I flaunt it in Honda Civic. If money make a nigga move different, so be it. A German whip with the jewels dripping. No reason I can't floss with plaques. Niggas had it wrong all along. Beat the menace with the songs in his palms. Get clapped. Straight hit with the gospel. It's him again. Who you listening to? Bars far from hindering the rap. Frank Gallagher, shame on y'all. Busy lying on these tracks, running trains on y'all. Pause. I'm that nice. You taking shots, better act right. Henny sipping, sitting with my thoughts on my past life and what it could have been if it's success better hustle till i'm good again fuck all the stress treat the struggle like a side piece riding down union turnpike bumping tyrese picture that with a sip of jack my liquor like my women a shade of brown you find me hanging around all these thoroughbreds nigga imagine where the burrows let me long way from the waffle house with purple chevy's parked outside when it's cold nigga still spark outside the pretty penny bring the ugly truth and his mother's cool pointing guns at jewels Screaming what you niggas wanna do Move cautious, my crew lawless Style drip like two bras when they stand next to me Sound like loose faucets Who's false when this truth teller meets new tellers As I make the cream spread, no blue bell I keep much flavor Fuck a hater, traded the J's for alligators Took your allegations and made you go ghost My power statements, peep your square root No dry style, this vital What? Simple as that we on the mission, my niggas. Follow me. Look, we love success. Dimes and sets, diamonds, baguettes, flying in jets, dodging the stress. A Monday night menage with a sex. Attic and wifey, imagine how I have them nightly. Like these rappers treat my style, they're bound to bite me. I mix the ground and I seize. IV leans, ran solos, high, get down. My lean sings. Drug addicts with thug habits be all around me. You take shots, I call them now. Beat us on the real. I chase dreams, haunted still. My pace steady. Tell my pay steady, keep my plate heavy For the moments I starve, but I don't show out Cause niggas never hold the applause What you know about, 2am calls for the terror screams Whatever it brings, I'm ready Picture me rolling, heavy on these beats knocking I keep the volume on max, lines popping I'll be calling you back in no time, uh. Mom, mom, mom